I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle Eastern North Africa analyst at Stratfor, and this podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Individual, team, and enterprise memberships are available at worldview.stratfor.com slash subscribe. We had uh, catastrophic embassy destruction. We had the Marine barracks bombings. Uh, we had hijackings taking place. And uh, in walks Bill Buckley to try to piece this all together and make sense of what's going on. Welcome to the Stratford Podcast, focused on geopolitics and world affairs from Stratford.com. I'm your host, Ben Sheen. On the afternoon of April 18th, 1983, a vehicle packed with explosives detonated in front of the United States Embassy in Beirut, Lebanon. The suicide attack destroyed the embassy, claimed dozens of lives, and marked the beginning of a wave of terrorist attacks on U.S. targets there. The attack also wiped out the CIA presence in Beirut, on-site for an all-hands meeting, in a single blow. The man dispatched to pick up the pieces was William Buckley. Buckley's story is the subject of the latest book from New York Times best-selling authors Fred Burton and Samuel Katz. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Stratford's Fred Burton to discuss Beirut Rules, the murder of a CIA station chief and Hezbollah's war against America. And here with me now is Stratford's chief security officer and New York Times bestselling author, Fred Burton. And we're here to talk about Fred's new book, Beirut Rules, uh, which is about the the abduction, torture, and ultimate murder of uh, William Buckley, a CIA station chief uh, in the early 1980s in Beirut. Uh, Fred, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks for talking to me, Ben. So this book, Beirut Rules, I know that it's been a, a long time coming and it's a subject that's very sort of close to you on a personal level. What was your inspiration for actually putting pen to paper and deciding to tell this story? Well, after Sam Katz and I, my co-author, put together the Benghazi book, uh, it dawned on me that uh, a story has never been told uh, about Bill Buckley, uh, William Buckley, uh, who was the CIA station chief in Beirut that went into Lebanon after the 1983 embassy bombing when the entire CIA station had been killed in a mammoth car bomb. And uh, when I was a young agent with the State Department, Ben, uh, I worked on the Bill Buckley case when we were looking to try to find the hostages that had been kidnapped by Hezbollah. And so I thought it was a story that should be told uh, because uh, Bill was a hero in my eyes and, and a man who certainly uh, volunteered to go to Beirut uh, after this horrific embassy bombing in essence, try to stand up uh, the CIA's intelligence operations in country. So, Fred, clearly Beirut in the early 80s was a very dangerous place to be. And certainly there was an element of reconstruction there for the CIA that had, had a lot of its uh, networks ravaged. And Bill Buckley was at the, the forefront of leading that charge. What were the, the complications of being an intelligence agent in that time or even, you know, following up with your subsequent investigation? What, what was the picture? What were some of the hurdles you faced? Well, we had uh, catastrophic embassy destruction. We had the Marine barracks bombings. Uh, we had hijackings taking place uh, in the late 70s uh, in the lead up to this. We had 
the kidnapping and murder of two American diplomats in Beirut. So Beirut uh, in the early 1980s into the mid-1980s was uh, just a crossroads of terror. And you had every intelligence service in the world on the ground there trying to get a read on what was taking place from the Israeli Mossad to the CIA to uh, the British MI6. It was really uh, one of these pivotal moments in, in my career that, you know, stepping into the job in the 80s, uh, we were literally pushing boulders up a hill because uh, when you had the CIA station wiped out in the uh, embassy bombing, you lose your platform for in-country intelligence collection. So uh, in essence, you're scrambling. And, and fortunately, uh, you know, America's staunchest ally, the, our British colleagues, came to our rescue and, and uh, were able to uh, help us get back up and running. And uh, Beirut in the 80s was just this chaotic period with uh, Americans being kidnapped, uh, British hostages. Uh, we had Russian diplomats being taken hostage. Uh, and it was just uh, pretty much the, the center of global terror. And uh, in walks Bill Buckley uh, to try to piece this all together and make sense of what's going on. And um, unfortunately, uh, he ends up uh, being kidnapped by Hezbollah. And um, the interesting point of fact here, uh, just for our listeners' benefit, uh, is that uh, Bill Buckley was the only CIA station chief to ever have been kidnapped and murdered. I mean, thinking about this personally, this was a, a story that I was peripherally aware of, but certainly as we talked over, you know, over the coffee machine, you told me a little bit more about uh, the deeper story there was to tell. I mean, how do you go about researching this sort of thing? Is it easy to get cooperation, for example, from Bill's friends or family or even from, you know, his former employer? Um, how do you actually go about sort of fleshing out the, the, the story itself? Well, making the sausage with this book was a little bit uh, complicated. Uh, well, first, uh, I had uh, a fair amount of firsthand knowledge because I worked on the case. Uh, this was a case that uh, in the course of my time as a special agent in the 80s, uh, I had actually debriefed several other hostages in an effort to find this hostage, Bill Buckley. So uh, you write what you know. So uh, I had that recollection of, of those encounters. And then I approached the CIA and uh, explained to them the project and, and asked if they would be willing to assist. And uh, they pledged cooperation and, and helped with uh, declassifying uh, Bill Buckley's official records as best they could uh, and providing things like uh, badge photographs and, and making introductions uh, – to other co-workers. And then uh, I did what I typically do with uh, my books uh, is reach out to uh, folks I know who were also involved in the case and and ask them if they would help. And then a critical component I, I've learned over the years in my books, Ben, I've gotten a little bit smarter with this, or I don't know if a little bit better. I'll let the critics be the judge uh, once the book gets published. But uh, I approached the family Bill has two surviving family members left, uh, a, a sister uh, as well as um, a longtime companion, uh, girlfriend. And uh, I asked for their help. And uh, these ladies were just wonderful in providing uh, first-person 
information, uh, original photographs with uh, some of Bill's handwritten notes on the back, which just, you know, was just amazing from Bill's days, not only with uh, the Green Berets in Vietnam, but while he was working for uh, the government. So uh, you try to collect as much first-person information as you can to reconstruct this man's life. And the more and more I got into the story, Ben, um, it, it's really kind of interesting because uh, I've learned more about Bill Buckley today than I never knew when I was an agent working on the case. I, I don't know if the passage of time has helped with that, you know, trying to piece together this man's life. Uh, but I think that um, Sam and I have done a pretty good job at uh, reconstructing the life of an American hero. And I know that's something that, that really resonates with, with audiences is telling the untold story and telling it in a way that is not only compelling, but very revealing of the, the, the truth and, and the character of, of the people at the heart of these incidents. One of the things you always write with is authenticity because, you, you know, you've, you've tread this ground, you've, you've walked the same path. What was the most interesting thing you discovered as part of your research? Well, for me, my recollections of uh, Bill Buckley's kidnapping in Beirut uh, was uh, uh, it was very um, fragmented, meaning uh, we never really had uh, an accurate picture of exactly what unfolded the day Bill was kidnapped. So uh, we were able to piece that together uh, through uh, first-person accounts, uh, I think, for the first time. And and I think that's fascinating just from my perspective as a former counterterrorism special agent, uh, you know, the tick-tock uh, as to uh, how it unfolded. Uh, and we, I think, depicted a pretty good uh, uh, reconstruction of exactly what took place and trying to get the personal aspects of um, – uh, not only Bill, the the soldier, uh, the Green Beret, the the dedicated CIA officer, but uh, but Bill, the person, and uh, you know, cracking that window into the human side of a man uh, who had uh, fought in uh, two wars, uh, Korea uh, as well as Vietnam, uh, and then uh, dedicated his life to public service. And that must be one of the more challenging aspects of writing a book such as this, because you have an individual who has led their life in a clandestine manner from, from the army to being a special operator to then being an intelligence agent. And obviously, as you said, a lot of this is about really getting to the root of the, of the character of the individual. Um, how do you, how do you tell that story of somebody whose life has been largely lived behind the shadows? Well, the first place I started was with the CIA. I, I figured uh, they would be the center of gravity and ground zero for uh, trying to tell his story. Bill Buckley is uh, one of the stars on the memorial wall. And a few years after his death, uh, they publicly acknowledged uh, his service. Uh, I wanted to go into detail there. So uh, they were very helpful in, in trying to piece together what they could uh, declassify about his life. And then uh, I nibbled around the edges with some of his former colleagues and co-workers. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, in the course of getting this book together, uh, you know, one of the, the gentlemen that I had interviewed has has passed away. Uh, so uh, I was in a race against time a, a little bit, too, because, uh, you know, none of us are getting any younger. So uh, my race against time now is I, I really want to get the book out uh, so Bill's uh, family members uh, can take a look at it. And, you know, at the end of the day, Ben, if um, I've done my job and, and Sam has done his, uh, 
uh, as it pertains to this will be when um, Bill's family uh, takes a look at this and, and, are, and are proud. I, I hope there's things in the book uh, that they will learn that they never knew. Uh, there were certainly things I learned that, that I never knew when I worked on the case. So uh, it's really um, uh, an effort to, to try to piece together what I think is uh, the untold story of, of the life of an American hero. Well, I think that's uh, absolutely perfectly put, Fred. And, and just thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and explain you know, your reasons behind writing this book and, and your actual methodology. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Always a pleasure, Fred. Thanks for joining us today on the Stratfall Podcast. Beirut Rules will become available in stores on October 23rd. Former U.S. President George H.W. Bush had this to say about the book. In these pages, Fred Burton and Samuel Katz ably describe the selfless service and ultimate sacrifice of CIA's William F. Buckley, murdered brutally while held as a hostage in Lebanon. Beirut Rules can't bring this quiet hero back to life, but it will show a new generation the value of a life well lived in service of country. If you'd like to go ahead and order your copy of Beirut Rules, we'll include a link in the show notes. And you'll also find links to Fred Burton's other writing on security and counterterrorism on Stratfor Worldview. And if you're not already a Worldview member, you can register for free limited access or learn more about individual, team, and enterprise subscriptions at worldview.stratfor.com slash subscribe. And for more geopolitical intelligence, analysis, and forecasting that reveal the underlying significance and future implications of emerging world events, follow us on Twitter at Stratfor. Stratfor.